Intravenous 205 is here to support all Birmingham businesses and entrepreneurs. If you would like your business featured on Intravenous, please give us a call at 205-202-1602 or email us at intravenous205 at gmail.com. Don't say anything about... um, any of our local officials disparaging right now because they'll hear it. Never. <laughs> What'd you say? Never. Never. You would never say anything bad. Never today. <laughs> no, oh, never today. <laughs> Kara McClure, founder of Faith and Works Electoral Justice League and visionary leader behind Revote, Black Church Community Voter Project, Kara is the youngest of six and has one son who is the love of her life named Brandon. She's from the great community of Collegeville and Powderly, She's a political activist and advocate for marginalized communities. In a span of the last 10 years, she has gone from homeless single mother to business owner, community activist, state coordinator for Black Voters Matter, to starting her own nonprofit while also serving as regional political director for the Alabama Democratic Party. Cara is now on a mission to build a minimum of 300 social justice and civic engagement ministries in black churches across the state via Revote Freedom Fellowship. Cara's work is founded upon six pillars, prayer, people, protest, policy, polls, and power, politically and personally. Cara McClure, tell me a joke. All right, you ready for it? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Roof, roof. Roof, roof who? Who let the dogs out? <laughs> I heard some barking. <laughs> I got one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) All right. So we're going to start here. Um, What is your first favorite or just whatever memory of me? What's your first or what what thing pops out? And then I'll go. The thing that pops out to me, um, what I know you best is speaking out on social media and a couple of protests. <laughs> um, I was new to activism, and I just wanted to know who was the voice of this action. And you were forceful. You meant what you meant. You said what you said. And people listen. And I was impressed with that. Oh, thank you. 
Um, with me, I'm going to go all the way back to when Dream had that little restaurant. She had, she was fixing food. It was in a little, uh, it was in an apartment or something like that. <laughs> and she was bartending or something. And if I remember correctly, you made me some tilapia. You made like some tilapia sandwiches or something like that. Or she made them, but you were there. And that was, that's the first time that I remember us being just chatting. Just because before that, I knew you at Magic, but we weren't really friends then. I knew you. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time we checked. It was at Dreams. I think it was her apartment or something like that. I think that was my apartment. That was your apartment. I used I to th- have freak fries. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. know a stripper would change the world? Isn't that something? Yeah. But yeah, that that was that was the first time wow. we got to be I didn't like know that. I, yeah. I thought it was. Mm-mm. No. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Now, um, another question, and then I get to tell you. Mm-hmm. You tell me what makes you so Birmingham. What makes me so Birmingham? Yeah. Um, I'm from Collegeville. I went to West End High School, and I'm from Powderly. But also what makes me Birmingham is I tease on Tuesday night, Park West on Wednesday night, Mamas and Son on Thursday night, back at Tease on Friday night, and Tease on Saturday night, and George Ward Park on Saturday. That right there. That was the schedule. And then then, uh, East Lake Park on Sunday. East Lake Park. And also on Sunday, that club on on Second Avenue? Yes. What was Um, Stoney's? Not Stoney's, but... Not Stoney's. I know what you're talking about. Now, let me tell you why I think you're so Birmingham. Okay. Because you're a Woods, and it's a million of (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Well, I'm a a McClure. Well, you're a McClure. And my brother is married into the Woods family. That's right. That's right. So So get it straight. Let me get it straight. But it's still still a a million of y'all. Yeah. And everybody's preaching. And everybody's preaching. That's right. That's right. Um, you, you gave us a little bit of, you know, who you are. Yeah. But tell us your story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is a strip, a, a story of a stripper changing the world. Yeah. How did we get to stripping and how did we get from stripping to here? Yeah. Wow. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, actually, I was a single mother, mm-hmm. and one day my son's father was like, um, I'm not helping out anymore. And I was thinking, well, you know what? I used to win contests at at uh, at Tees and Park West. I don't know if you remember the swimsuit contest yeah. and the miniskirt contest. Oh, I was the dopest, right? The finest out, the finest so to do So that's it. where I first saw you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I used to win every single week. Yeah. So when that happened, I thought, you know, maybe I can dance. I still wasn't sure. I'm real shy, so how would I get this done? So I remember calling my mom saying, Mom, uh, so-and-so is not going to help me out anymore. Can you keep Brandon for a couple of hours? 
um, so I can go here and dance during day shift. And she was like, Cara. I said, Mama, <laughs> it's just for a couple of days. Yeah. And a couple of days turned into a few years. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, it brought out a lot in me. Um, you know, I, I was borderline alcoholic because I was so shy. I had to drink in order to perform. Mm-hmm. So I sort of became like two people during the time. I was Brandy at night and Cara during the day. Mm-hmm. Cara was bold, courageous. She was my money maker. Mm-hmm. Cara was the hustler, and Cara needed to take care of business. And then during the day, I was just mom, yeah. loving mom, yeah. and wouldn't do anything else besides be a mom during the day. And then I went from that to network marketing, mm-hmm. an industry I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to join that industry. Which one did you do? I did prepaid legal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's several of them. I did a couple. Yeah. And prepaid legal changed my life um, because I had only sold like three memberships and recruited maybe two people. Mm-hmm. Um but the way that they they wanted to get to know the person that just did that in one night, right? So that was a, a national conference call, and they introduced me. And the way that they introduced me was, um, ladies and gentlemen, here's Cara McClure. She's doing fantastic things, just blowing it out the water. And I was like, I just sold three memberships. <laughs> I just signed up. <laughs> but they taught me, you know, how to uh, celebrate small successes. Oh, wow. And that built me up. And what I really appreciate appreciate about um, network marketing is their personal development. I think everybody should go through network marketing for at least six months. Mm-hmm. If, if if you don't sell anything, just go through the personal development. And and so I read every book, Think and, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, um, books about mental toughness. And so I, I went on and I earned a quarter of a million in maybe the first year and a half. Wow. And um, and so I love network marketing. Industry I knew nothing about, straight out the strip club. Yeah. Um, but then I got married and I became a housewife and um, things went down and then my husband left, right? Uh-huh. And we were living in Atlanta, and that made me a homeless single mom in Atlanta, sleeping on folks' floors from 2008 to 2011, right? And there's even pictures of, I mean, I remember um, when we voted for Obama. Mm -hmm. That day, I remember um, I had just found a place to live, and I remember going to the storage space to get a recliner so me and my son could take turns sleeping on it. And so from 2008, sleeping on folks' floors, I remember laying down on my back on this lady floor, just crying out to God. And I didn't ask for a place to sleep, didn't ask for a vehicle nor food. I just said, God, I want to be a difference maker. I want to make a difference in the lives of many. Um, Because I was taught that service to many leads to greatness. And so what that did for me, um, that made me treat my situation as a story. Mm. And I had read, a, I had uh, ran across a quote that said, when you take your eyes off your long-term goals, you enslave yourself to your immediate 
right? So what that meant to me was that I needed to create a plan for my life. Mm. And so I just started, you know, writing it out. I grabbed a poster. I want to make a difference. How am I going to do it? All I knew is that every step I took needed to be in that direction. And mm. I didn't know when it was going to happen. So I moved. Um, Brandon graduated from high school, so I was able to come back to Birmingham. I came back with a box of coffee. Um, a, a guy from a network marketing company called Organo Gold mm-hmm. sent me the coffee, and I never sold it. And I needed a place to live in Birmingham, so I sold that coffee on Craigslist for $700 and was able to get an apartment. And then one day I, um, my son told me about a business helping people find apartments. He said, Mom, um, when I was little, you used to pick up apartment books all the time. And I was like, okay, well, send them my resume. Mm -hmm. I went to the interview, and I fell in love with the concept. So I said, I better work for them for at least six months to figure things out. So I worked for them, and then I started my own business, ASAP Apartment Locators. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I started ASAP because I was a procrastinator. And I wanted to overcome objections, right? So naming it ASAP meant um, I want to help you right now. Yeah. You know, the urgency is in the name, right? Yeah. And then um, I liked ASAP because I knew when people called to look for an apartment, they would say, well, I'm off Saturday. Today, Monday, right? Mm-hmm. I'm off Saturday. So I would say, no, I need this to happen now. Then mm-hmm. so I would that would make my brain have to figure it out. Mm. Right. So when they said that, I would say, well, you know what? What time is your lunch break? Because I can pick you up and run you by the apartment real quick just to take a look. Yeah. And, you know, so that worked out. Lo and behold, a year and a half, two years later, Trayvon Martin was murdered. Hello, listeners. I'm Danielle Ridgeway, owner of Covering Your Assets. Covering Your Assets began with the belief that businesses needed an accountant to help guide their financial and operational foundation. Today, we specialize in accounting services, strategic tax planning and preparation, business formation, as well as QuickBooks implementation and training. We love assisting our clients in becoming more profitable while understanding their numbers. Our model is where our clients don't worry because we cover it all. We're located in the amazing office and co-working space of Creed 63. Give us a call at 205-948-5082. Visit our website at coveringyourassets.net or visit us on all social media platforms. Covering your assets, we've got you covered. And George Zimmerman was acquitted of the murder of Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. When that happened, when when the news came in, I was actually in Memphis at the hotel where Martin Luther King was murdered. Wow. Yep. And I looked up at the TV. Um, I left the the place where he was murdered. What a place to be. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. Yeah. And then I went to a a restaurant uh-huh. and the TV the TV was on and it said George Zimmerman acquitted. And so a few minutes later my phone rang and it was my son who was hurt. And he said after lengthy conversation 
mom, your generation dropped the ball. <clears throat> and I, I just wanted to hear him out because he's a young black man who was hurt. And I said, you know what? I don't remember the ball being tossed to me or anyone passing the baton, but I get your point. Um, because I just told you what I was doing and, yeah. you know, at T's, it was yeah. a carefree time. The 90s, the best music. Mm. We were hustling. We were living our best life. I didn't know anything was happening in the world. I was green. Right. So when he told me that, I um, I said, well, I tell you what, Brandon, when I get home, I'll find something to do. I've never participated in anything, any activism, any protests, just seen it on TV. Um, but I found a protest that was happening on 280. And I was like, who in the heck is doing a protest on 280? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I got to go see this. So I told Brandon, let's get a hoodie. And I'm going to go with you. So we went, and um, I was like, I listened intently. And, you know, they were, the young folks were winning my heart. And then I went to the second protest at that Walmart, and somebody went to jail. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think we need to organize. And at that table is actually when we form, formulated Black Lives Matter Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells how it really got started. Wow. But that's actually how it got started. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Just I went from, you know, Black Lives Matter to being on the front lines of the fight for 15. Mm -hmm. Then from the, uh, the fight for 15 to the poor people's campaign mm -hmm. to it, it just kept. Like it took over, and then and finally you ran for office. In I mean, two thousand and eighteen, and how did that? That's crazy. Come about, right? Because I had took on a role as non-emergency transportation, taking poor people to their doctor's appointments mm -hmm. all across the state, and many of them lived thirty, forty-five minutes, an hour away from their doctor's appointments. So. That gave me enough time to be a relationship with those folks. Mm -hmm. Cause we so it was Republicans, Democrats, and they all complained about their power bills. Mm -hmm. They had to de they had to decide if they were gonna pay their power bill or, or eat. eat or or, or you pay know, for medicine prescriptions. Mm -hmm. and, and so when the opportunity came about to run for office, the role was um public service commission. Right. And then I learned that the Public Service Commission was the, you know, um, they kind of regulated the power bills. And right. I was like, whoa, maybe I can run. But what really made me feel like I can run for statewide and I never ran for um, local mm -hmm. was that network marketing experience. Mm. I thought, if I can build a team of 2,000 across the United States and Canada, I could run statewide. All I need to do, this was me in my head, all I need to do is build a relationship with all the state chairs across the county, across the state. Have them introduce me to folks when they go canvassing. I'll send them my signs. Sometimes I'll show up, but have them advertising for me. You know, sort of like network marketing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I did really good. 
I got my point across to folks, and I stumped with the big dogs. <laughs> yeah, you did. I raised four, only $40,000, whereas um, the lieutenant, the guy running for, Siegelman running for lieutenant general, and Walt Maddox, they all raised about 10 times more, mm-hmm. 400000 and up. But if you go back and look at the numbers, I was right there with them, you know, at 60-40. But the most exciting part was that the people who actually bubbled my name, they didn't, yeah. it wasn't straight ticket, so don't, yeah. don't get, about 200,000 folks bubbled my name, Carl right. McClure. Right. And in 11 counties, I got more, more votes than Walt Maddox, the guy running for governor. And so I was excited about that. But then I became, you know, worked for, um, I worked for Bernie Sanders on Bernie Sanders' campaign, um, and that was fun. And all I was thinking about through all of that was on the floor. Right. You know, and I started coming up with all kinds of, you know, more more from the flow, Um, all kinds of books built from broken pieces, you know. And so all of it is Part of the story, I know what my end gonna be, right? Now, where does read vote fit into it all? Okay, very good question. Revote came into play. I didn't have the name yet, mm-hmm. um, but during the rise of Black Lives Matter, um, seeing young people on the front lines with no leadership, mm-hmm. uh, not being taken care of. Um, every time we, uh, because I was out there with them, because I wouldn't want anyone to leave Brandon alone out there, but every time protesters went to jail, there were white faith leaders bailing them out. Every time um, the activists needed a hub or a place to meet, it was in white churches. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we had court dates, white faith leaders um, did court watch Mm -hmm. or wrote the letters to help us get leniency from the judges. And so, you know, I just noticed, you know, I'm a church girl. And so I felt abandoned and rejected because of my activism. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, God, you know, I'm here for a reason. And so I just started thinking about faith and works, bridging the gap between faith leaders and the activist community or the organizing community. Um, And and then through just hearing folks talk about, like in 2020, the census, how can we reach the hard to count Mm -hmm. Um, uh, in elections? How can we reach those infrequent voters? Um, And in my head, all I was thinking about was pour some resources down to the ground, the ground level, um, the faith leaders and the activists coming together. And so Revolt came about is I was like, well, it's, t- it's time. You know, I've been thinking about this for a few years. We're going to name it Revolt to do again, the Black Church Community Voter Project, where we lead a 10-week fellowship where the fellows are churches and faith leaders and during the first week of the fellowship um the faith leaders and and remember we used to walk to church mm-hmm. right 
Um, church every, was a neighborhood thing. A yeah. neighbor, the hub. Everyone yeah. lived in the community where the church is located. Uh, you went to that church. The yeah, driving leader. across town to go to church is a new thing. Right. Yeah. It's a new thing. And, and, and so what happens is when the faith leader um, lives um, 30 minutes away or however minutes away, that community lacks something, mm. a void, a gap, a breach in leadership in pastoral care, pastoral leadership. And, and, and so, you know, the Bible talks about uh, repairers of the breach, hmm. you know, and so out of sight, out of mind. And so they're really, the faith leaders, many are not fully connected to the, the concerns of that community, right? And there's a, a documentary called the Black Church, This Is My Story, This Is My Song. Oh, that was so good. It was so good. And it was confirmation to my soul, my heart, my spirit, all of the above. But they confirmed that the church was the hub, not just during the Civil Rights Movement, but even during enslavement. Mm-hmm. There Over 120-some revolts came out of the church. You want to know who brought a, an interesting um, point to me? During Hoover was your nephew, uh, PMJ. And I had never thought about it, but he was like, man, um, this is the first activist um, movement, if you will, here locally that wasn't led by the church. Mm. I hadn't thought, I, I just hadn't thought about that. And, and, and we talked about how problematic that may become and sure enough it did yeah but but part of that is not having god at the head but go ahead i'm sorry and the you know it was just an absence the folks that the church is supposed to embrace and love and care for was rejected and not loved not supported, not cared. The very folks who you want to bring in. And that made, and then when you see young men, young black men being murdered uh, at the hands of the police, and then you go to church on Sunday and nobody is speaking about it. And that was one of the reasons that young people left the church by the droves. That's right. I was out there with them, I know. That's right. So we got to do something about it. When we were out there, they were like, church? Yeah. I mean, like, any time we tried to bring a faith leader around, they got shot down big time. So, Well, you know, we didn't have to bring white faith leaders around. They just came. And they didn't come telling folks what to do. They came accepting people as they are, the way they looked, you know, and, and treated them, humanized them. And supported them. And so, you know, we didn't have to, you know, faith leaders, black, could have and could have just got in and joined in. But they so used to, you know, being, they so used to being in leadership, they didn't mm-hmm. know how to just do what I did when I came uh, into the fold. Yeah. All I wanted to know was who needed water. Yeah. Uh, my home became the hub. Um, I went broke. I remember I said I started a business. I went broke. I went broke because I was feeding everybody with my credit cards, maxed mm-hmm. them out. And so with Revolt, um, the faith leader would be pledging to take ownership of the community where their church is located. 
you know, they won't own it. They won't be lording over it. But the one thing that I realized that we all can do together um, and agree upon was civic engagement. So that's what we'll be doing together during the fellowship, making the church the hub again, the place where you'll see on the billboard, voter registration uh, deadline, October 24th. Um, come here if you need an absentee ballot. Um, you need to register, do it here. You know, so you don't have to become a member there. You don't have to do anything. But folks need to know that they don't have to go downtown to understand who's on the ballot. The church will be doing that. And so for 10 weeks, um, I'm putting in all the money, over $150,000. We're giving a stipend to the faith leaders, $3,000. We're doing the billboards, and we're amplifying the church again as the hub. So this is not about Carl McClure. It's not about faith and works. It's about the community and what the community needs. Where can people find more information? Thanks for asking. Um, Folks can go to www.blackchurchvoterproject.com. That's blackchurchvoterproject.com. And we're launching um, in Jefferson County, Madison County, and Montgomery County with the goal to create 300 civic engagement ministries across the state. So what will happen is their first week of fellowship, well, we got to handle some business first and do some reconciliation. So they'll be going through that, and we'll be studying this book called The Politics of Jesus. Because mm-hmm. one thing they need that helped me and helped me understand that maybe they're wrong was when I understood that Jesus would have been doing the work that I was doing, that the protesters were doing. It made me whole again because I everybody had me thinking something was wrong with me. Amen to that. <laughs> What's next? And so um, during that fellowship, um, the reconciliation, um, and then... Each faith leader will be choosing or selecting a group of three to five people to create their civic engagement ministry. This is the one. This is one of the ways that we plan to build power in communities across the city, right? So when all of the faith leaders connect across the state, this is our statewide power plan. They will create something called Black Church Community Empowerment Network. And I can't tell you all the things I want them to do That's then. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but the goal is just to build power where communities can set their agendas, where they can have community conversations at the hub. They can talk about, you know what, maybe we need another school board person. Is it somebody in the community, you know, and maybe, you know, create some C4s or C3s, you know, mm-hmm. whatever is possible, whatever they want to do. And so I plan to help make that happen. Well, I plan to keep you in prayer. Mm. Be sure you let me know. Uh, you know, I, I, what, what we always fussing about policy and yeah. this and the other. But you know, I, I cheer you on. You know, regardless yeah. of you know, I may pull one level, you pull the next, but I want you to pull that level. Yeah, that's what's most important, right? Yeah. So. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to write a check. Where can other people donate to the cause? Yeah, they can donate to um, our fiscal sponsor, Mm -hmm. which is the Black Belt Community Foundation. Okay, and Um, where can they be found? They can go to Faith and Works website. Gotcha. www.faithandworkscollective.com. 
Outstanding. Now let's play a little game before you let's get out of it. here. I'm going to ask you some this or that questions. And if you choose not to answer one, you're going to have to make a do- donation to faithandworkscollective.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Alabama or Auburn? Alabama. Road Tide. Road Tide, baby. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Stallions. All right. Well, that means I got to get you some Legion tickets and make you a Legion fan. (laughs) But, of course, we love the Stallions. Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Both. You want to make a donation? Yeah, $1,000. Boom. And there we, I am getting these donations in. Do you hear? Hold, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. I will not allow this robbery. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Might be getting another one. Let's see if this works. Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum. Civil Rights Institute. All right. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Sloss Furnace. Okay. Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? McWayne. Mary Mary or Kirk Franklin? Kirk Franklin. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Didn't that come out of nowhere? (laughs) Crossplex or Legion Field? Legion Field. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Protective. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. Prince or Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Doggone right. Um, I want to thank you for coming. I love you, my friend. I am just in awe of the work you're doing. Um, we've all come a long way and I tell you, I'm just, I'm just amazed. I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm proud. And I just, I just salute you. I lift you up and I hope you, I, I hope you finish the work, the race strong. Thank you so much. I'm honored. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, R360News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office.